three and oh since taking the court as a Phoenix Suns player. Here's Durant getting loose. He'll try the three and buy the three. Averaging 26 points, seven boards, 3.7 assists in those three games. Durant, he dribbles quickly to his left, goes to the rim and dunks it with his right hand. Burns and Gambo talk Katie's first home game with the Suns. Now. There was one play in the first quarter where uh, Booker, Durant, and Chris all touched the ball. The ball barely hit the floor, and it resulted in sort of a duck-in dunk, or maybe it was a layup for Aiton. And then Jason Kidd was like, oh, no, this is no good, and called timeout. <laughs> and when Kevin was coming back over to the bench, he was, you know, talking to his teammates. He's like, that's how we play basketball. That's basketball. And I know this is sort of a basic thing to say, but you could tell that he was kind of floating on air. Uh, playing that way. That's Brian Windhorst this morning with Bickley and Murata. I don't know so much as to say this for sure, but it seems like Brian Windhorst is almost kind of attached at the hip with the Phoenix Suns right now. He's been with the team quite a bit since they acquired Kevin Durant. I don't know if that's a permanent thing, if that's going to be how it's going to be the rest of the year. Didn't he used to what. follow LeBron? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and listening to him this morning on Bickley and Murata, man, that guy just, he knows his hoop. He really is, he's so good good at breaking it all down and talking about it. Brian Windhorst this morning talking about what we're all talking about all day. I, I just saw a tweet from Kellen Olson. He's down at Footprint Center right now. He tweeted out, first time all year the Suns have filled up their media seating. Not one spot available wow. for tonight. Wow. It's KD. It's the Suns. It's the home debut. It's Oklahoma City. We're, we're excited about it. I think if you're going, you're really excited about it because there's going to be crazy energy in the building. You know, the matchup itself, eh, Oklahoma City, they're, they're fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, they've got a lot to play for, but they're not playing Shea Gilgis-Alexander. There's a bunch of guys that they're not playing tonight because they're on the second night of a back-to-back. So the matchup itself might be lacking a little bit, but whatever the matchup is lacking... Kevin Durant making his home debut. That's a big deal. It overshadows everybody's. Sure. Oh yeah, everybody's just all in on that right now. Yeah, there's no question. And and we, you know, it's 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 going to be fun because not because of the opponent that they're playing. It's the the fun things will be closing within two games of the Memphis Grizzlies for the number two seed overall with a game against Sacramento coming up soon. That'll be fun. I mean, watching him play every day is 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 enjoyable. Like just watching him play because he's on your team now, so that's enjoyable. And then I think more than anything is just the crowd. I mean, the crowd's ability to welcome him to Phoenix. It's been so long. I trade was four weeks ago. I trade was four weeks ago. They <laughs> traded for Kevin Durant four weeks ago. Yeah, he was what? He hasn't played a home game yet. Three days before the Super Bowl, right? Four days before the Super yeah, Bowl was when they made this trade. Four weeks. Yeah, he hasn't. He so hasn't. now it's his first game. You know, they traded for him. You have to wait four weeks to welcome him. I mean, you know, think about how many how many games Mikael Bridges has played, right? We talked about that before he had even played. Mikael Bridges had played six games before Durant had played one. And now he's here. So more than anything, the, the ability to welcome him to Phoenix, the way Phoenix Suns fans usually do welcome him to yeah. players they love. Um, it's Kevin Durant, and this has been the thing I think that we've all noticed, is that his ability to fit in has been seamless. Now we can sit here and talk about other guys around him kind of accommodating Kevin Durant and having to change their games to fit in with Kevin. Kevin has had no problem filling in, fitting in with the Phoenix Suns at all. He he is the reputation he has as being the most adaptable superstar maybe ever. He's put that on display in three games. I mean, it's like he's been playing for the Suns for five years without 
how easy he fit in. And that was something James Jones talked about when he was on with us earlier today. He's one of the best players to ever play the game. And it's, it's really uh, it's, it's easy to play with him. Um, he, he can do everything. Um, he makes the game easier for his teammates. Um, and he does what, what you want basketball players to do. Um, he puts the ball in the basket at a very high level. And, and so for his teammates, it gives them uh, a great margin for error uh, because even if things aren't hitting right, he's able to make up the difference. In fact, you had even asked him, What's more difficult, Kevin Durant adjusting to his new team or his new team adjusting to him? It's probably the players adjusting to Kevin um, because he has the ability to adjust. Um, like like we talked about earlier uh, this week, um, he makes the right play, um, and so there there are moments on the court where he's the primary option, and you know he's looking to to drive the offense. And then there are moments where he just blends in, and he's just a player making the right play um, for guys who haven't. Uh, played off a guy like him, them trying to fig- figure out how to pick their spots and, and how to get out of his way, that's usually the challenge. But but he does a great job of communicating with those guys and telling them exactly what he's looking at and what he's looking for. Yeah, I, I, I was curious about that. I figured it would be the players had to adjust to him more um, than he has to adjust to them. And I think for a lot of the role players, it's like, can I continue to do things Amani's always told me to do? I got Kevin Durant and Booker. Like, yeah. are they going to get mad at me if I shoot the ball five times? Are they going to get mad at me if I take a contested shot? Or am I only supposed to take wide open shots? Like, I do think for the role players, like Booker's going to be fine. Paul's going to be fine. But it's for the, for everybody else, it's like, how do I fit in here? Like, what is my role? Do I just play defense and set picks and and, and rebound the basketball? Or do you want you know do you want me to space the floor if I'm open and I get a pass? Am I do I need to get it back to one of those guys, or can I shoot the ball? I think that's where it comes in. What did Tori Craig tell us yesterday? Hey, if Kevin Durant is passing me the ball, there must be a reason. Yeah. He must want me to shoot it. Otherwise, why would Kevin Durant be passing me the ball? So, hell yeah, I'm going to shoot it. I mean, yeah, when he gives me the ball, I'm going to shoot it because there must be a reason. Kevin Durant just passed me the basketball. Right. I guess I'm supposed to shoot. I thought that was I thought that was really, really funny. Um, if we're talking about what and there was Doug Haller does such a good job over at the Athletic wrote an article today about why Kevin Durant has fit in and one of the most obvious answers is because he's Kevin Durant right like it's we talked about this he's adaptable I think a lot of it too is he and Book and while we can make this about the role players and we can talk about Chris because that's important we can talk about DeAndre because that's important at the end of the day this thing is gonna be a success because of Kevin. Durant and Devin Booker. And that was something that Brian Windhorst, the connection between those two, he talked about that this morning with Bickley and Murata. There's a really a spirit between the two of them that is unmistakable. I mean, I saw it when I was uh, here for their first practices. I saw it last week in Charlotte. There's a, there's a very uh, strong connection between the two of them dedicated to making it work. And that's really important. The rest of what you want to talk about with the Suns are ancillary issues. What you really need is the two of them to be invested in each other's success, and that is plain as day. You're going to ask me why he's fitting in so well? That's going to be my number one reason, beyond the fact that he's just Kevin Durant. He's got his soulmate, Devin Booker. They're like the same guy out there in terms of their love of the game and how they approach the game, I think. Yeah, and Booker has had three incredible games. I had said this earlier in the show. Devin, Kev, Devin Booker, 
and Kevin Durant together next year, Booker's a legitimate MVP candidate. Big time. Legitimate MVP. Like, he's got, what, 35, 36, 37, like three games. He's averaging like 35 or 36 in those three games. Like, his game's going to go to another level that we didn't even think he was capable of. We thought that that Booker had reached a level of, okay, he's one of the 10 best players in the game. He's there. He's a perennial all-star. His game's going to go to an even different level playing with the guy. His game went, here's the funny, here's the, the funny, I don't even think it's funny. The, the transition, maybe not, not, not the right word, transformation with Booker. A guy with no point guard, he's a good player, has a chance to be great. A guy with Ricky Rubio, oh, okay. Now look, what happens if you can give him a good point guard? He's really good. Chris Paul, superstar, all-star, max player. Kevin Durant, it's going to be another level. There, were three, there was four levels. Mm-hmm. There's Devin Booker without a point guard, which we saw for many years. There's Devin Booker with a... A, a, a decent, a, point, a decent guard. point guard in Ricky Rubio transformed this game a little bit, right? He became better. Then there's Devin Booker with Chris Paul. Oh, okay, that's another level. That's a guy that could take a team to the NBA Finals, and he did. Now it's Kevin Durant. Here's a guy that could probably win the NBA Finals, to, you know, with him with Durant, but take his game to another level that we just we haven't seen yet. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, everybody's ears perked up when he said it. Kelvin Beecham's advice to Kyler Murray. You're going to want to hear what he said next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? Grow up. Give me an example. Be a man and grow up. Like it's not, it's not complicated. You got to be a leader of man. Period. And he's not right now. He's maturing, but he's not there yet. He's not there. It's, it's, not, not, a, it's not a completed process. It's not, it's not a completed process. It was Kelvin Beecham? He was in studio with us, and we get two segments that we did with Kelvin Beecham. And, and I mean, first of all, major props to him and what he's doing with his time this weekend. He's going to Zambia in Africa, uh, where he's already dug two water wells and he wants to dig a third. And, and he spoke so passionately about about just bringing clean, drinkable water. To people where they have to walk miles just to get it, um, but he also knew we were going to talk to him about all things Cardinals and free agency and his situation and all of that. And that at the very end, what what is I'll I'll play it again. What does Kyler Murray have to do to be great? What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? Grow up. <sighs> all right, skills are there. He said he could throw off one foot. He's got the accuracy. He's got all of that. Let me play it. He has all the tools, man. If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run faster than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and I think if he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, he's going to be just fine. Um, they paid him for a reason. They paid him because of his talent. And he has the ability to lead. It's just when you're in that position, when you lead more. Like, you're the face of the franchise. You got to lead more. You got to lead in every single capacity of leadership. Um, and that's what they look for out of a franchise quarterback. They're giving you, you know, half a billion. It, it, and I, know, I don't want you to play the whole cut again, but there's a point where he said, if he has, can you, 
can just play that and I'll tell you when to cut it. But if he's questioning, the one does he have played? it? Yeah, the one, if he has the ability. Okay, I have to play it from the start. So he's saying, t- okay. Tell me when to stop. He has all the tools, man. If some guy can throw off one leg, he can, you know, throw it a mile. He can run faster than anybody else on the field. He just lacks the leadership. He's put together. I didn't say he lacks the leadership. I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and I think if he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, he's going to be just fine. Uh, if he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, so that's a question. If he has the ability and the willingness to grow up, that's saying that you know he doesn't have that right now. Scotty's got to get there. Yeah, he's not a leader of men. Kyle's not a leader of men. You know? Not to the extent that he needs to be. Not as far as he needs to be. And look, Kelvin, he said that about as nicely as you could say it. Right? Like, I, I did you get the? Imp- I mean, it was strong. Did you get the impression you know what, that he was? Bagging on Kyler? That he was bashing him or ripping him or just telling the truth? Listen, I mean, just little inside radio here, right? I mean, I took a shot at trying to get Kelvin to say something earlier in the interview. Like, all right, give me something that was on that that didn't make it the hard knocks that everybody was just trying to say, give me something, like, you know, and, and, you know, he just, he didn't really go there. So when you're asking that question at the end of the interview, like, I'm going to get one more in on Kyler. I don't know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what he's going to say. Know. So I ask him, you know, what is, and he says, grow up. And that was it. It's like, oh, okay, grow up. Like, all right, but let's then follow he, up on that. He's got to grow it, up. When he, when he verbalized it and when he explained it, like, I'm not trying to make it sound like he was playing patty cake or that he was going soft no, on No, it was Kyler. straightforward. It was straightforward, but it was also, it wasn't, like, if you read the, it's one of those things where if you read it, if you just read what he said, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. But hearing it, listening to it, it was harsh. It could have been a lot harsher. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. It was harsh what he said. It could have been a lot worse, and he could have said a lot. He's more an offensive lineman. If he wanted the, he's to. an offensive lineman in the huddle with Kyler Murray, and he said the number one thing he's got to do is grow up. If he has the ability and the willingness, if he has it, I mean, it sounds like it's a little bit of a question. Does he have that ability? Now he did say that Kyler's got all the tools, and Kyler can make all the throws and make all the plays, and it's all right there. But like, you've got to get, you've got to be a leader of men. I mean, if you're you're getting half a billion dollars, and you're the, you have to be a guy that can make and elevate all the players around you. And that's what he was pushing for. Like he like if if he wants to be great, that's what he's gonna have to do to be great. Here's one more from Kelvin on the new coaching staff and the new GM and if that will help Kyler get to that next level. We'll see Kyler's his own individual. He's his own person. He beats his own drum, which has made him what he is today. But at the end of the day you have to be able to lead an entire organization. You gotta lead a team. And there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. I mean he's young, but that's that comes with the territory, and that comes with being a franchise quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. You're tasked with being that leader. I'll tell you what, he didn't hesitate for a second when he asked him question. Not a second. I mean, there was no, ooh, should I say this? There was no, like, thoughtful, I wonder if I should go there. No, he, he just said it. He's got to grow up. I mean, that, that cut I played at the very beginning, that we didn't edit that for a second. That was exactly how it sounded. No. It was, there was no pause. There was no, no. let me think about whether I want to say this or not. Um, and give me an example. Like, what, you know, what, is, what does he have to do? Like, okay, he has to grow up. What's, what are some of the things you want to see in having him grow up? And it's just really, it's just leadership. Yep. 
And that's and that's why and that's, I, I said it could have been hard. Because if he really wanted to bury Kyler, like he could have given really specific examples. And he didn't. He just he's just got to grow up. He's just got to. It's there. It's all there. He's just got to grow up. He also. But, um, but just be a better teammate. Mm-hmm. You know, be a better teammate. Well, Don't I mean, be yelling at guys. I mean, pick guys up when they're down. Um, you know, be, you know, be a, be a leader in the classroom. Be a leader in your study habits. Be a leader in your practice habits. Be a leader in your everything you do. The way you eat, the way everything, the way you the, the way you present yourself, you know, just be that leader that everybody looks at. That's that's our guy. That's yep. our that's our that's our leader right there, Kyle Murray. When you do it in an interview, you know the way you the, the way you sit, the way you the way you dress, everything. I mean, I think. Everything is engulfed in that, right? Everything. And being the leader of a franchise is what you're hoping that Kyler Murray can become. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, that's not the only bit of news we have when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals today. DeAndre Hopkins went on a very popular show today. He talked about his situation, where he stands, and what's next. You'll hear what he had to say coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday afternoon, Suns basketball in an hour and a half for bonus Burns and Gambo today. We will join you at, uh, we'll be with you until 6.30 today here on the Burns and Gambo show as we take you right up until Suns basketball. It was not just uh, Kelvin Beecham who was in with us, DeAndre Hopkins earlier today, Cardinals wide receiver, was a guest on the Pat McAfee show. And uh, we're anticipating, we don't know this for a fact, we're anticipating something could happen with D-Hop soon, very, very soon, like before free agency starts next week because that seems to make the most sense. Um, Right now, he told Pat McAfee, I'm taking things day by day. Right now, I'm an Arizona Cardinal. I feel great, man. I feel great. I feel amazing. Mentally, I feel good. Uh, obviously, you know, I've been hearing a lot of trade talks, but, you know, I, I take things day for day, man. I don't look forward to the future. I live in the present moment. And right now, the Arizona Cardinals is, uh, you know, is the team and the roster that I'm on. And, uh, you know, I'm preparing myself uh, for whatever the future holds. Uh, you know, so I don't really look forward to the future. I let you guys do that talk. Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't know where he's going to go. He doesn't know they they could decide not to trade him. And they've had discussions, so I'm sure he has a pretty good inkling. Like, hey, you know, I, he now it hasn't come out that he's asked for a trade, and they don't even need to ask his permission because if they if if the if the contract's voided as far as the no trade clause, they could just trade him. Just I think Monty met with him, discussed everything with him, probably yeah. laid it out for him. Look, if we get a really good offer for you, it might be wise for you to go to a contending team. And you might even say to him, like, you know, what are some of the teams you're interested in? You mentioned maybe you go to him and say, hey, you know, go talk to some teams. And if, if they're willing to trade for you, we'll talk to them and work out the compensation. Yeah, it's um, what you're referring to at the beginning was the, the this no trade clause that he has in his contract. You had mentioned it like two months ago, and then there was some follow-up reporting done about a month ago that suggested by being suspended for PEDs that the no trade clause got waived. Got he doesn't avoided. have it anymore. Yes. Avoided. So the, now here's the thing: whether he stays or whether he goes, whether he gets traded or whether he doesn't, the contract's going to have to get redone. I mean, it's just it's not. He's got a cap hit of thirty-one million dollars next year. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the contract is getting redone, whether he's here or whether he's somewhere else, which is why the revelation to Pat McAfee. 
that he's hired an agent was interesting. Obviously, last year, I didn't have an agent. The year before, I didn't have an agent when I did the contract in Arizona. And to answer your question, you know, I went out and hired, um, you know, my lawyer, who's an agent, to represent me, who's going to help me not get the short end of the stick, yes, as you say. All right. So just to make sure that the next deal, you know, I, he didn't get the short end of the stick with the Cardinals, but now that he's probably renegotiating his deal, he wants an agent. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that, and I'm not reporting this, I don't know this for a fact, but it makes sense that if the Cardinals are looking to move DeAndre Hopkins, I can only imagine this agent has the ability to shop some deals, right? To yeah. go out there in the marketplace and talk to the Dallas Cowboys, talk to the New England Patriots, talk to the Chicago Bears, teams that might be interested in getting Hop. I'm sure the agent has that power to do a little shopping yeah, for Hopkins. Two years left on his contract, and it's probably going to take a contract adjustment to move him. I mean, you know, he's set to make about $20 million in base salary this year. So, you know, you know how this works. We'll tack on. The Cardinals did the same thing. <laughs> we'll tack on two years and we'll, you know, we'll push some of that money down the road and that'll lower our cap number for this year so we won't get clobbered with a $20 million cap hit or whatever it is. Like, that's what happens. I mean, when the Cardinals got Hopkins, they had to readjust right away. So sure. it's, it's very similar what's going to happen with Hopkins or whatever team he would go to if he gets traded. is very similar to what happened here in Arizona when they got him. But so far, I, you know, I'll give, not that I expected anything different. I'll give Hop a lot of credit. He's handled this very, very well, right? Like he hasn't been demanding of a trade. He hasn't been a problem. He hasn't said anything that you wouldn't want him saying or doing anything you wouldn't want him doing. Went on Pat McAfee today, said absolutely all the right things about how he's still an Arizona Cardinal and nothing's really changed. Uh, he talked about his name being in rumors and he's like, I'm not dumb. I know my name's out there. We've just been, you know, keeping our head down. Obviously paying attention to the headlines and tabloids and stuff like that because you got to. Uh, you know, when you hear some of those trade rumors, uh, how you, you will hate to think that, you know, all of those things are lies. You know, so, you know, I've been traded before and, uh, you know, heard speculation about it and I kind of shoot it off and I was like, nah, the, the Texans would never trade me. And then next thing you know, here I am going to the Cardinals. So, you know, we, we keep we keep close attention to the tabloids, but we don't put anything out in the, in the tabloids ourselves. You know, we just, you know, we, we you know, DeAndre Hopkins going to do what DeAndre Hopkins doing them on the field. That's all that matters. All right, I'll tell you two guys who put DeAndre Hopkins' name out in the tabloids today, Stephen A. Smith and Keyshawn Johnson. They want him to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. They think that the Dallas Cowboys are a D-hop away from being a potential Super Bowl representative for the NFC this year, and maybe even win the Super Bowl. That if CD and, Bay, and Stephen A. made a great point. He's like, look, they get CD Lamb, they get DeAndre Hopkins, Dak Prescott's out of excuses. Like that's huh. that's it. You know what else are we supposed to do for you, man? We franchise tag Tony Pollard. We're, we're CD Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins. If that's what happens, Dak Prescott won't have any excuses left for. What's- God. Oh, the, go ahead, finish. Yeah, what? I, I was just thinking, like, was it, weren't they in on weren't weren't Dallas like rumored to be in on Odell Beckham? Who never played with anybody this yes. past oh, year? Yeah, yeah. When he was looking to sign with somebody midseason after the injury, and ultimately I think the Cowboys he didn't name sign. came up, right? Oh, the Cowboys big time came up. Jerry Jones basically yeah, said by name, like we yeah. we want him, we're, we were going to go get him, and he it didn't happen. So yeah, they need a second wide receiver there. D hop to Dallas makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense for New England. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Giants, especially now that Daniel Jones is is locked up. He could really use a number one wide receiver, and the free agent class sucks. It's really not good for wide receiver. It's, it's terrible. Really not good. I, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who the top I think name is out there. Juju Smith Schuster, we know. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not a lot. Odell Beckham Jr. Somebody wants He's to sign Odell, you can, bring them, you can bring Odell. Mm-hmm. I He's, believe Juju's a free agent. There's not a lot of good wide receivers. Um, Galladay got cut. But the name, the list is not good. That's why trading for Hopkins is a real is a real option because there's just give up a second round pick and get the Andre Hopkins rather than sign somebody and not give up a pick. You'd rather give up the, the pick because you get a great player. There's not a great it's not a great free agency class. No the wide receiver, at least not the wide receiver position. It's it's kind of stacked on the offensive line, the defensive line. There are lots of linebackers out there you can get in free agency. Of course, the quarterback position. We've already seen some movement there, but there's still more to be had with guys like Jimmy G, and of course, what happens with Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and things like that. For the Cardinals themselves, if they, you know, depending on what they want to do when free agency starts next week, with the cap space they have. There was a story today on CardsWire.com, ways the Cardinals can create cap space. One of them they've already done. They made it official today. They released Robbie Anderson, saved him $12 million. The most predictable move of the offseason possible. Uh, Number two, trade DeAndre Hopkins. We just got done talking about that. It would save them more than $8 million in cap space if they trade DeHop this year. They'll take a big hit, big dead cap hit, but they could do that. Here's one we didn't consider, and I really doubt they are. But if they want to create cap space, they could trade DJ Humphreys. If they trade wow. him, it would save more than $13 million in actual cash due him on the roster. They would save about $5 million in cap space. They, so his 23 base salary is 5.5, prorated bonus, roster bonus is $8 million, um, brings his guaranteed, his guaranteed salaries $8 million. His cap number, 17870000 Yeah. Seventeen point nine, nearly eighteen million dollars. Okay, seventeen point nine. They, they can't cut them. And again, I, I we're just talking about ways they can create cap space, not things that we want them to do or things that we think they should do. They, they can't. They can't cut him and get that cap relief, but they could trade him and get that cap relief. Wow, you're Jonathan your tackle. I know. This is, and that's why. Look again. Let me reiterate this to be clear. No one's advocating getting rid of DJ Humphreys. They're just saying, if you want to create cap space, here's the guys you could do it with. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon today on DJ Humphreys. I have a very high opinion of DJ. I know Clayton and Chris are ready to work with him. Uh, he's been a really good player for a long time. Uh, had to go against them a couple different times, and he's a, he's a tough matchup for a, for outside edge players in the pass and run game. So uh, he's got phenomenal football character. And, uh, you know, he's a guy I've already leaned on since I've been in the job to gain some information and pick his brain a little bit. And uh, he's been great with me. So excited that he's on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he's he's not, not going he anywhere. Not going anywhere. No, they need him. Got to have a left tackle. Yeah, I think the question with Kelvin Beecham in here with us. I think the question for me is, do the Cardinals re-sign him? Is that Josh Jones' job starting right tackle? Uh, or is Josh Jones not ready to be a starting tackle on this team even after three years of being on the roster and they want Kelvin Beecham there? Is Beecham the backup if they gonna, re-sign Beecham's him? Beecham's not going to cost you a lot of money. I don't think so. Not a ton. 33 years old. not going to cost you a ton of money. And he's versatile. He can play. He's adorable. Uh, it makes sense to keep Beecham. I mean, with Hudson gone, with Justin Pugh probably gone, you know, you're looking at, I need a left guard, I need a center. You could fill in right guard and right side. If you've got Beecham and you've got Joe, like you can make that work on the right side. Now, what happens with, with Will Hernandez? Do you bring him back too? Look, we I asked Kelvin Beecham, one of the other things we talked about with him was, 
What does this team have to do? To what is what's what's one or two things this team has to do? He, immediately the trenches. Yeah, have to be better on in the trenches. Well, and you, you're going to have to do that no matter what. Your whole offensive line outside of DJ is a free agent, right? Like everybody's Roddy Hudson's going to retire. Justin Pugh might retire. Will Hernandez is a free agent. Who knows? Calvin Beecham is a free agent. It's you're going to have to address it whether you want to or not. You need guys on that offensive line. You're going to need guys on the defensive line too. So it's gonna it's gonna have to happen. And one way or another, it's gonna have to happen for the Arizona Cardinals. When we come back, Kevin Durant home debut tonight for the Phoenix Suns. The buzz is growing. We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? We got a lot on tonight. A lot on tonight, including a big promise from John Gambadoro. That's right. That I know he's going to screw up. No, I'm not. I'm going I'm to hold true to it. Oh, I want Canadian bacon on my half. <laughs> I mean, Gambo, I appreciate what you've done. On, yes. on behalf of all Lumberjack fans everywhere, alumni everywhere, all right, I, I appreciate your willingness to do this, but if you think you can go a whole year calling them the Lumberjacks... I can do it. ...after going a whole lifetime calling them the Lumberjokes... Yes. ...you're nuts. You will slip. Well, but they would go from jokes to jacks if they make the NCAA tournament as one of the worst teams ever. You will slip. Yeah. What's on tonight? Well, I'll end with the Suns because that's obviously the big deal with Kevin Durant. Uh, college basketball. At the same time, you've got Oregon State taking on ASU tonight in the Pac-12 tournament. All right? It's a 6 versus an 11. ASU... Uh, they better win tonight, right? They better be the Beavers. Well, if they lose tonight, I mean, just put the put the, well, if they lose the tonight, nail in the coffin. It's over. Yeah, it's like it's not even really worth discussing tomorrow. Right. Assuming they win tonight, the question then becomes, tomorrow night's game against USC, is it good enough to beat USC tomorrow, or do they have to go on a more extended run in the Pac-12 tournament to get into the NCAA? Well, beating USC probably puts them on the bubble. I mean, right now they're like in they're, they're considered like the one of the first four or second four out. You know, if you beat US, it all depends on what other teams do now. Like there's a bunch of games that matter tonight. I mean, that that's what happens when you don't take care of business. You leave it in the hands of other teams. Like Wisconsin's playing tonight. That's a big game. Wisconsin at Ohio State. If Wisconsin wins, that doesn't help ASU. Penn State's at Illinois. That's a big game. Rutgers at Michigan. Big game. Mississippi State, Florida. Big game. There's a lot of games that matter right now. And so you put it in the hands of, hey, we got to win and we got to hope that teams in front of us lose or teams behind us lose. And by not taking care of business earlier in the season, you've left your fate in somebody else's hands. And it's going to look, even if they win, if they beat USC and let's say they even beat Arizona, which they're not going to. But let's say they do. okay? even if they beat Arizona, they're probably in. But that's. That's the problem they've put themselves in is that one upset in one conference tournament somewhere steals an at-large bid, and it just makes it harder and harder for them to get in. That game starts at 9.30 at exactly the same time NAU plays Montana State tonight in the Big Sky Championship it's huge. game. It's, it's, it's huge. Look, in a way, it, it kind of is. Uh-huh. NAU won nine basketball games this year. Nine. They would officially be the worst team that's ever made the NCAA tournament. Honestly, Honestly, if they win tonight, 
I'm going to do a little research tonight or tomorrow morning to see who have been some of the worst teams to make the NCAA tournament. Get the coach. If they get in, Mitch, you got to get the coach tomorrow. I, I'm down you got to get that. the coach. I'm down for that. Even though I don't know a thing about the team, and I went there for God's sakes. Listen, there's only one lumber joke doing a radio show on this station right now. Only one. It's me. All right? That's me. It's him. If, if, if anybody's going to get the head coach of the Lumber Jokes, it's going to be him. My research assignment is to go back through the show and tally how many times Gambo was able to squeeze out Lumber Jokes before it will be the oh, yeah. final time. Gambo, Gambo's trying to, he really is trying to empty the clip right now. He, he's trying to get every Lumber Jokes It's like that last day before right you start now. a huge diet and all you're doing is eating a bunch of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> is this cream. your Mardi Gras, Gambo? <laughs> this is it. They're like the, you got a last day. I'm not, or I'm not going to drink anymore after today. And like, you're just down your seventh game. This is it. This is the last day. Funny that that's the one thing you would choose to drink on the last day of drinking. I'm not drinking drinking anymore anymore. soda. You just drink like three two liter bottles. Uh, Well, yeah, get it, get it out of your system. Because get out of your system. It would be. I mean, no lie. NAU's they've got no business getting in the NCAA tournament. None. But if they win tonight, they're in. Right now, they'll probably what what will happen. And you know this as well as I do. They'll be one of those 16 seeds that plays early. Right, they'll be the 16 seed that plays early. The the, the play in games, the play in the play in the game. Yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll yeah. usually uh, it won't be a 16 seed. No, usually they do four 16 seeds and like four 10 seeds. I think that meet in those games are yeah. It's a, it's the 16s and the 10s. So I think NAU would probably play like early in the tournament. Oh, Just, okay. You yeah, see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, they'd be a 16. They'd be a 16, but they'd be in that Tuesday game, two 16s playing to see which 16 gets to go play, you know, Alabama or something like that. They, they'd be one of those early play-in games. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with NAU tonight. Let's then go. I'm rooting for them. I'm glad to hear that. You I'm pulling for them. Let's go. Yeah. Well, you want to do it one more time? Say it one more time. The lumber jokes. There it is. Make sure yep. you get it in. Make sure you get it in there. And then, of course, Suns basketball is what's on tonight. We buried the lead on that one because it's seven o'clock tonight. You've got the Suns taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, in that game in particular, gotta tell you, Oklahoma City not exactly bringing their best with them to Phoenix tonight. Shea Gilgis Alexander not going to play. Jalen Williams won't play. Neither one of them even traveled to Phoenix for the Thunder's second night of a back-to-back. Now, what's curious about this is the Thunder are right there in the mix for one of the last playoffs they are. in the Western Conference. Yeah, but they figure, listen, you got to pick and choose your battles there, right? I mean, you know, you're probably not going to win this game against Phoenix, so why not rest your guys and get them right up to see what the next game is? But, I mean, sometimes you've got you to lose the battle to win the war type of thing, right? You yes. got to lose the battle. That's the so phrase. You lose the battle, This is the, and then you try to win the war, which is trying to get to the playoffs. So you kind of say... Uh, we're not going to beat the Phoenix Suns. Not in Kevin Durant's home debut. We're going to get blown out of the building. So let's rest our key guys and make sure they're ready for the next game. Uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander had 33 last night in OKC's win over Golden State. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Josh Giddy had a triple double last night, 17, 11, and 17 as well. Um, so Oklahoma City comes in tonight, and it, it's really it is not about them, and it's not even really about the matchup. It's about a month after acquiring Kevin Durant. And yeah, it's been a month. We finally get to see him at Footprint Center in a Suns uniform making his home debut. We've seen three games out of him, but it's something different when you're making the home debut. We get to see that starting tonight. Yeah, and I think that's the, the, there. there is nothing more. There's like, this is not a big game. 
Okay, you know, when I said schedules matter, I mean, just look at the schedule. You can pick the games that matter, and you know the games that don't matter. This is a game, this isn't like playing Sacramento. This isn't like playing Dallas. It's not like playing Denver or the Clippers or even the Warriors. This is this is not one of those games that matter a whole lot. But what matters is the ability to welcome Kevin Durant in. I mean, a lot of people have been waiting for that opportunity, to welcome Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. You'll get a chance to do it. Get a chance to watch him in a Suns uniform on a home court. Like, that's exciting. You know, and every time he takes takes the court and plays, there's a level of excitement. No matter who the competition is, we know that this game, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't have a lot of meaning. Uh, even James Jones, when we had him on the show, said, look, we're not chasing number two. Like, we're chasing wins, but we're not necessarily chasing a seed. So, you know, it, whether that's the same thing or not, I don't know. I mean, it, it, they're trying to get into a rhythm and win basketball games and uh, you know, if they need to rest the guy, they'll rest the guy. So it's not like they're looking like in the back of their minds. They probably figure they can get the two seed. Well, I think if they win Memphis, tonight, he's falling apart. Oh yeah, I mean, and if you miss the news about Memphis, John Morant is going to be out four more games, at least four more games. Uh, there will be no criminal charges pressed against him from Glendale, Colorado. But the NBA's investigation still continues. How exactly he got the gun? Did he bring it on the team plane? You know, did did he? All of that stuff still remains to be investigated upon by the NBA. But for now, John Morant is out for another four games. And those four games are, it's Golden State, two against Dallas, and one against Miami. They've already lost three straight games, two without John Morant. It's not all that inconceivable to think that the Grizzlies could end up going, losing six or seven, seven in a row. I mean, depending on how long this lasts without John Morant. Don't forget they're without Brandon Clark, too. He tore his Achilles over the weekend. Memphis is in trouble. With a win tonight, The Suns are only two games back of the Kings, two games back of the Memphis Grizzlies for the two seed, and they've got the Sacramento Kings here on Saturday. This could be this could be the Suns' move over these next couple of weeks, depending on what the Kings' schedule. Brutal. Brutally tough schedule for Sacramento. Brutally tough. There's a window here for the Suns to rise up to number two. A big time win. Yeah, and the Sacramento game, that that game coming up this weekend is a big game because if you win that one, you put yourself in a position where you will have the tiebreaker over them. So even if you ended up tied with them, you would you would have them because they the Suns are two and zero against them. The Suns are. The, Sun, yeah, the, yeah, Kings have lo- the Kings have lost both. So if one Phoenix win, it wraps up the head-to-head tiebreaker against them. Does Kevin Durant get introduced first, fourth, or fifth I mean, tonight just going, by Vince Murata? Going by like the research you guys did, it's probably first. You know, because... That's what LeBron was, right? When he got to Miami, he was first. There was another example you guys had. When Kevin Durant went to Golden State. He was first. They didn't list him last. That's Curry's spot. In Miami, they didn't list LeBron last. That's Wade's spot. They always introduced Devin Booker last. That's his spot here. The solution would seem to be to introduce Kevin Durant first, you know, so as not to have to make the choice who's last, who's second to last. You know, that that seems to be It's not gonna be second, third, or fourth. I would think it's either first or fifth. I would agree. I can't imagine they would announce Kevin Durant in the middle. At four, and then Devin Booker last. And at the end of the day, does it matter? Of course it doesn't. But this is the kind of stuff we pay attention to, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, who cares? Uh, who just, cares if, they, if it, Vince Rada doesn't even have to say his name tonight? We know he's there for goodness sake. All right, but. so Suns tonight, and, the, and ASU tonight, and the Lumberjokes tonight. There you go. You got one more in. Yeah.